Welcome to Bayonet's Keep. I'm Daniel. It is day 10 of OSR October, and I want to highlight another great product. This is a book for the Swords and Wizardry system put out by Frog God Games. It is called Monstrosities. And this book is a monstrosity. Now, I just looked on their site. It looks like it's available in soft cover and PDF. I'll put links in the show notes. Mine is a hardcover. This thing, yeah, you could use this as a weapon. It's a big, heavy book. It's 553 pages. Yep, 553 pages. And this thing is, well, the back of it's in counter tables, which I'm just looking at, which is not much. Uh, hills, basic tables. So it's giving you ideas of where things can be. But the majority of this book, well, first of all, the, the cover is beautiful. It's like this dragon fighting what could be kind of a Cthulhu type monster. It's got tentacles and such. And that art is by, let's see if I can find this here. Let's see. Cover art, John Johnson. You've got a bunch of contributing authors, probably a dozen or so here. You've got several editors. You've got interior art by many people. And let's see, this comes out, this is Mythmere Games, Swords and Wizardry, uh, by Matthew J. Finch. So, let's take a look. We have, alphabetically, a whole bunch of monsters. And what makes this different from just your average monster book, to me, is that each one of these monsters has a setup. So if we take our bombs and open up somewhere in the middle of the book, Demon. Lemurs, hit dice three, armor class seven. So this is basically set up for Swords and Wizardry, which is, again, like like Rob uh, talks about over and down in a heap, it's OSR, right? So it'll be compatible with all your TSR type uh, stuff. So you've got your hit dice and your saving throws. Now Swords and Wizardry does use a single saving throw, and that's what it has in here. Okay, Lemurs are vaguely humanoid, but their flesh is mud-like, shifting and soft upon their horrible bodies. Then you get your stats, right? What's nice about this, too, is they give you, yeah, they have, like, the stat block, so it's, like, hit dice, armor class, attacks, you know, like, it's kind of like a, kind of like the AD&D monster manual, but then below the monster description, they give it to you as, like, you'd see it in a module, which I think is pretty cool, because if you're using this, like, especially, especially the PDF, to make an adventure, you can grab this, uh, this stat block, and it's, like, two lines, you know, it just says Lumor Demon, colon, HD3, colon, AC7, colon, etc., what makes this very cool is each one has a scenario. So let's take a look. This one says Doughboys. A towering chimney is the most prominent feature of this large brick building. Heavenly aromas of baked pastries, sweetbreads, and other delicacies fill the air. A large silhouette of a huge cupcake hangs above the door. Nutbar Talat inherited the bakery from generations of Talats before him. His heart is not quite into baking, at a living, however, so he dabbles in black magic. He uses his spellcrafting talents to enhance and create his confectionery masterpieces. His pastries are highly sought after by the wealthy, nobility alike. By the wealthy and nobility alike. In his greed, he has relied more on magic than skill or legendary family recipes. Nuthbar has a problem. In order to cut costs of labor, he summoned three loomers, 
Lemire's, to work the ovens and perform menial tasks. Unfortunately, the Lemire's evil disposition and low intelligence make them poor servants. The resulting baked goods do not stand up to the Talot's family reputation. Sickened clients, foul taste, and unsavory appearance led to a decline in business and income. Now the flour-covered Lemurs refuse to leave the, the Newtbar, to leave, and Newtbar cannot talk uh, his employees into working alongside the the pasty Lemurs. The Lemurs continue to bake, wielding giant wooden spatulas and oven forks. The doughy Lemurs wear chef hats all the while, laughing at the ma'am going on around. So you've got a situation, right, that uses these monsters. <laughs> kind of a silly one. It also has um, information on Newt Bar. So if you want to run this as an adventure, you could literally make this a random encounter and just be like, oh, we need a quick adventure. Boom, we have the magic user stats here. We have a situation. We have the the two lemurs. It seems like they're hit dice three, so they're pretty tough, but not ridiculously so. So that'd be a good uh, setup for a small party of, like, I'd say level two adventurers. All right. Let's look at one more. Gump. <laughs> Ooh, a Gru. Type 2. There's multiple types of Gru, apparently. There's Griffins, which, of course, we know. Oh, there's the Grick. Always good. Oh, maybe Type 2 is Type 2 Demon. I don't know why it says Type 2. Gru, Type 2. Kit Dice, 6. Armor Class, 2. Found in the darkest recesses of dungeons, or in the deepest corners of attics, Grus are the essence of chaos and darkness, given from given form by evil and ravenous appetite for living souls. Yeah, you definitely don't want to get caught in the dark because you will be eaten by a Gru. So they are pretty tough. And again, same thing. Gives a uh, the full descript monster description, the AD&D style stat block, uh, a monster manual stat block, I should say, and then the stat block you'd find in a module. And then again, there's a little situation. On the first new moon of the year, the people of a curious mountain walk into a wooded valley that hides a great idol of chaos, the demon of primordial darkness. The idol is a large chunk of black stone that glistens and almost seems to pulse when one looks upon it for more, for more than a moment. It rests in a wide clearing and is surrounded by five smaller black stones. The people of the village walk to this place and disrobe. Though it is quite cold, three chosen villagers are put uh, in voluminous black robes that completely cover their heads and bodies as the others walk counterclockwise around the idol at a distance of about 12 feet. The chosen three walk clockwise around the idol at a distance of about 4 feet. After the 13 pass, the outer walkers suddenly fall to the ground in bizarre ecstasy, moaning and writhing. Of the black-garbed three, one is suddenly changed into a Gru and moves quickly to devour the other two. When this is complete, the Gru slinks into the woods and eventually finds its way into the local underworld. So now this tells us how Gru's are created. This is actually really, really cool. And you could, in theory, again, make this a campaign thing where Gru's are causing problems and the party has to figure out why, and then they could witness or stop this. Very, very cool. Uh, let's do one more because we're not too far into this. Looking for like more of a regular monster. Although these are really fun. I mean, there's lots of cool monsters in here. Skyworm. There we go. This looks cool. Skyworm is three, po three plus one hit die, armor class six. Skyworms, or worms of the sky, are spiny worms 10 feet long with bat wings sprouted from behind their monstrous heads. And by the way, I'm just reading like the first line or two of this description. That's two paragraphs. Same thing. And then we have a situation. Coils of chain lie haphazardly across the rocky hillside. 
One end of the 200-foot-long chain is attached to a large spike driven deeply into the ground. The other end of the chain goes uh, over a drop-off that plunges 30 feet to the angry waves of the reaping sea. A skyworm is hooked onto the large metal hook at the end of the chain. The flying worm struggles against the chain, holding it to the hillside. It can fly upwards at 400-foot diameter circle, but cannot escape the chain. The worm usually hunts seabirds flying below the cliff. An invertebrate titan looking for the perfect bait to catch. A whale plays the hooks here and cover the prongs with chunks of chicken to attract one of the flying skyworms that frequently frequents the area. Uh, he was too drunk to remember that the worm could fly, and the skyworm soars upwards and attacks anyone disturbing the chain. <laughs> so somebody set this up as a way to catch the skyworm, and basically now they've got a skyworm caught, but it's vicious. Again, a really cool, fun scenario. The party could just come across as some random thing, and in kind of an OSR uh, fashion, they don't have to deal with it. They could attack it from a distance. They could figure out why it's hooked there. They could do any number of things. A clever party might see it at a distance, figure out a way they could beat it, and then go back to the town and say, hey, we can help you with this skyworm, <laughs> you know, and get some loot from it, I guess. So anyways, there are a whole lot of monsters in here. Like I said, the, the thing goes 553 pages, and monsters go all the ways to the last one. Well, they even have regular monsters like White's Will-O-The-Wisps, Wolverine, not the Marvel one, Wraiths, Zoles, Yulgra, Zeeg, Yinhun, Zombie Brain-Eating, Zombie Leper, Zombie Pyre, oh, that's not good, Zombie Raven. All right, looks like Zombie Raven might be the last monster in here, and that is on page 533. So I believe there's just one page per monster. So if I go like this, do a little math here while you're waiting for me. The first monster is on page, the first monster is animated objects on page 13. And would I say 553, 533, something like that says over 500 monsters. <laughs> I'm not gonna do math. But in any case, this is a great uh, supplement. I think I heard an interview with Matt Finch saying they weren't gonna print it in uh, hardcover again because it was just a big, you know, expensive thing to print. So I think they're just going with soft cover now, but that could change, I suppose. So check it out. I also put a link to the Frog Gods game page where you can get it in PDF plus soft cover or just as PDF. It is about 25 bucks, even in PDF form, which is really a steal when you think about all you're getting for it. But I have the PDF, of course, and the book because I love having solid books. One thing with me is that as much as the PDFs are great, I love sitting down with these big monster books and just flipping through them and looking at these situations. You could very easily open up this book to three different pages, find three different monsters with their scenarios and link them together and create a really fun kind of a three hex starting point, kind of like Chicago Wiz does the three hexes. You could do something like that here. So any, again, great thing. Uh, there are a bunch of calls. People have been calling in. Thank you, I got more last night. I will sit down and try to figure out why my anchor was acting so weird on my computer. Probably not tomorrow, but hopefully by midweek. So there will be a massive call-in episode, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully you guys will keep calling in. Uh, let me know if you ever use this book. If there's other monster books like this that you use and all that stuff, you can call using the anchor uh, link, which is in the show notes. You could go on to my Discord server. There's a link to that in the show notes and send me a message directly. I will use it from there. And uh, thanks for listening.